1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to the Great America Show. Great to have you with us. We're getting very little information out of Ukraine now over the past week. We know almost nothing about which cities are controlled by the Russian invaders and which are held by the Ukrainians. We have almost nothing in the way of credible casualty counts from either side, and there are no independent entities operating in active combat areas of Ukraine. We do know that the Biden White House wants Congress to put up $33 billion to support Ukraine in the war. Europe has done next to nothing for Ukraine and certainly hasn't put even a respectable fraction up of that $33 billion. It's time for all of us, mayor citizens in this country, to make it clear to our lawmakers that they're not sending our troops to Ukraine. They're not about to put up a no-fly zone, and that Europeans, our good friends, are going to spend their money to support their neighbor. We're not going to allow these pitiful dipsticks we sent to Congress and the Senate to get us into a war that has zero to do with our national interest, and which has maximum interest and impact for the European nations and further Americans. Aren't going to war to suit the fantasies of an impaired president and who we will never permit to be a wartime president under no circumstances. The Marxist left and the rhino liberals are as authoritarian in values and ideology as Vladimir Putin, in my view, and they seem to be trying to condition the country to accept the idea of war with Russia. In that direction lies war and ruin. We must pledge that this Biden regime will not succeed in their bloodlust. And now we have reports our government and its deep state leaders have expanded their ambitions of power and unconstitutional activities right here in our country. The Wall Street Journal reporting that the FBI conducted millions of warrantless searches of American citizens' data. The Office of National Intelligence disclosed the FBI over the past year did as many as 3.4 million illegal searches of data collected previously by Biden's national security staff. It just doesn't quit. And it won't quit until we, the people, make it so. The January 6th committee is going about its partisan witch hunt and inquisition and persecution of hundreds of Trump supporters, all caught up in the January 6 rally in Washington, the demonstrations that followed near and around the Capitol, and in some cases, the riots that extended into the Capitol. But we're also learning that police officers did much that day to provoke violence, and they committed violence against many of our fellow citizens who had every right to be where they were and doing what they did, demonstrating peacefully and orderly on the Capitol grounds. What happened that afternoon is a great tragedy. What has followed in the 16 months since is a national disgrace for which the Democrat Party leadership is morally responsible. Our guest today is Defense Attorney Joe McBride. He represents five of the defendants charged for their actions on January 6th. Two of his clients have been in jail for more than a year now. And I must say that what is happening in our court system and prison system to these defendants is an outrage. And it's hard to believe this is actually occurring in the capital city of this great nation. Joe McBride, welcome back to The Great America Show. We've been looking forward to your update on your clients and the other defendants, all charged with what in many, if not most, politically motivated charges. Thanks for being here, Joe.
0: It's good to be here, Lou, and I appreciate all the great work you do, as always. Um, I have two clients who are still in pretrial detention, two of my five. Uh, One of my colleagues, John, represents John Kianaga. He represents uh, about five people. I believe three or four of his guys are, are in as well. Um, But uh, my two guys have been in each for over a year. That would be Ryan Nichols and Christopher Quagler. That is,
1: I I mean, it's disheartening to hear that. How serious are the
0: charges that they face? The charges are very serious. You have everything from, you know, glorified trespasses to assaulting and resisting or impeding officers, federal officers and inflicting bodily injury. These are accusations is you know, there's a lot of accusations that officers were harmed that day by, you know, despite the fact that they were in full riot gear. If somebody pushed them, that was, you know, felonious assault on an officer. It's obviously these guys have been overcharged. And, um, you know, so they're overcharged with those things uh, in terms of, uh, you know, aggression. And they also are charged with the 1512, which is obstructing the governmental proceeding and a few other things. Any one of these charges can carry 10 to 20 years, all of them together. You're looking at, you know, a lifetime in jail. If these uh, situations aren't addressed the right way. I've been in
1: in riots, I've been in mobs, and I know how quickly things can get out of hand. The mob, the riot, whatever it is, uh, takes on a life of its own. It's a hard thing to explain if people have never been around it, Uh, but they become less into a group of uh, not individuals, but a mob itself uh, that is organ. You know, it's it's one organ out there, uh, and people get pushed in one direction; they go the other. Uh, I, I would have guessed in any other circumstance that there were people uh, who you know could have been could have run into a police officer, did whatever, but the officers would have been very uh, restrained themselves. Uh, Do you think that the police were restrained uh, on January 6th uh, there?
0: Absolutely not, Lou. Uh, The police were not uh, restrained uh, at all. What you have is a completely foreseeable uh, disaster in terms of the amount of people who were guaranteed to show up that day. President Trump at the time uh, a couple of weeks before the 6th had reached out to uh, Mayor Bowser and uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and said, hey, look, you know, there's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, you guys probably want to accept the National Guard's help. They told him to go take a walk. And uh, because they told him to go take a walk, they the, the, the security um, fell uh, upon them that day to secure the city and to secure the capital in a way that made sense. They did not do that. It was undermanned. It was understaffed. And, you know, people walked over from the Washington Monument up to the Western Terrace of the Capitol. There was no do not mo- most of the most there was no signage. Most of the people who got there, any barricades that were up were down an hour before they arrived. The amount of people who showed up that day versus the cops who were there that day was just one throng of people versus a very shorthanded staff. So what did that shorthanded staff do? They listened to their superiors who said, hold down the fort. They created conditions for a conflict to ensue. And the police took massive aggression against innocent people. And and, and that's demonstrated widely at this point on video by the fact that the police started firing flashbangs and tear gas into a crowd of people who were doing nothing but singing and chanting and praying. And because of that, uh, what was otherwise a peaceful protest burst into a riot? Flashbangs into a crowd
1: that was not advancing toward the police or trying to to break
0: into the Capitol. Oh, yeah. It's all yeah, for sure. It's on video. Uh, you have people with with their backs literally turned, and the flashbangs were dropping all around them, the gas is dropping all around them. It they created chaos and uh you know, from, from from that chaos, people uh, people were angry. People were like, look, we're just sitting here where we're just praying. You hear people mouthing off saying, hey, F you what are you doing this to us for? We're on the same side. We're pro police. And the cops just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Some people in the crowd pushed back. And before you know it, it was out of control. And I assume that
1: that will be part of the defense. Uh, for many of the, uh, of the people who were there on the Capitol, uh, the protesters, uh, and some of them, of course, rioters, uh, give us a sense of what the defense will be. I mean, if that happens in the, in the way in which you're saying, Joe, that seems to me to be some provocation and some basis to certainly at least lessen charges and be more reasonable on the part of the prosecutors
0: yeah it's a it's a it's a fair point unfortunately in, in in these cases you have sort of two cohorts of lawyers uh you have one cohort who just doesn't accept uh the fact that um the cops acted maliciously uh despite the fact that in their other caseloads they're talking about what the cops do on a regular basis but when it comes to january 6ers, for whatever reason they're refusing to accept the idea that these uh, people were attacked by the cops. And because of that, uh, they just won't advance the theory in court. They won't advance it in their motions. And that's the vast majority of these people. And then you have a, uh, a very smaller cohort of lawyers who are doing um, exactly what you're talking about here, and that's advancing the truth. But um, when you look at the mainstream media apparatus and their marriage to the Department of Justice and the narrative that's being put out into the public, um, it becomes a, an uphill battle real fast when you have that level of public perception uh, buying into one narrative that's false against your clients. And then, quite frankly, you have, uh, you know, members of the bench who are just, I mean, one, one of the judges called called a guy a terrorist the other day. And in and, and, and Trump, a charlatan, in the middle of a hearing, you just... The, the level of animus that, that is being displayed, uh, unchecked animus toward toward these people who are innocent until proven guilty, is unprecedented in American history. It's, it's, it's troubling and it's very wrong. It, it sounds horrific, frankly.
1: A judge actually on the bench referred to the president as a charlatan and these, uh, these protesters, these rally goers,
0: uh, as, as terrorists? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to get myself into too much hot water, whatever, because I'm going to be in front of them again at some point. But uh, yeah, you can just Google it; it's there, it's true, it happened, it, and it's it's not only happened by this judge; it's happened by other judges as well. And it's it, it's concerning because you know uh, it's supposed to be uh, an objective uh, an objective bench. You know, Lady Justice is supposed to be blind; people aren't supposed to be taking sides here, but clearly. Um, the lines have been drawn, and it's it's very unfortunate. I,
1: we were talking with uh, one other a- a attorney who uh, whose client was really uh, very cooperative with the FBI uh, in all aspects. And then suddenly, a few months later, I mean, did nothing, literally, did nothing. And it's on video, doing nothing. and was charged, you know overcharged, as you say. And then had to go to trial, uh, despite all of that. And uh, there is an attitude in this, and I suspect it's because uh, of the you know the Democratic influence, the left wing influence in Washington D.C. on the courts there. Uh, there isn't. I, I have to say, I would hate to have to be on trial in one of those courts, uh, because I think I'd be in very, uh, very great trouble. Because these guys are left wingers and they are activists, and uh, you know we talk about activist judges. The D.C. Uh, D.C. has a uh, a reputation of being out of their mind left. Uh, is that an incorrect perception?
0: No, it's it's, it's a correct perception. And when think of the situation with with Matthew Perna. Matthew Perna is the January sixth defendant who really who recently took his life, unfortunately. All right. Uh, so and he he was going to plead out to to a, a, a lesser charge, a charge that, you know, some people think well, whatever it is, his lawyer worked him out a deal and the prosecution is supposed to uphold their end of the deal. And then in the 11th hour, um, they decided that they were going to hit him, who he did nothing. This was a guy who traveled the world to teach people in English. He's one of the most, you know, nice and docile people you could have ever met. I've talked to multiple, I've spoken to multiple members of his family, he hear nothing but great things about the guy, just a really, really nice and gentle soul. He went there that day, was not violent at all. Um, worked out a deal, prosecution decided not to honor the deal, and in the 11th hour said that they were going to hit him with a, what's called a terrorism enhancement, which would have bumped his uh, chargeable points up under the sentencing scale by eight points, and his, you know deal of, of of little time in jail, quickly went to a lot of time in jail, and it was so overwhelming for him that he hung himself. That's what we're talking about here. That's the level of unfairness that is happening with these cases.
1: Well, this is going to be, uh, if it is not already, uh, a, a an act of injustice on the part of the U.S. government that will live in infamy. Uh, it, it is to me, it's astounding uh, what you're saying. What I have heard from, uh, you know, as I said, others, I cannot imagine where this where this leads, because it's going to require it's a political act. This persecution, this prosecution of of these people, it seems to me. There are incidents, I, I suppose, of uh, actual violence against a police officer by an individual. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I, what I have seen on video, what I witnessed that day, was a mob that got away from itself and lost control and entered the Capitol. But you know, uh, and I was, I was first astonished that people were scaling. Scaling of the walls of the building. That's the first thing that I reacted to. You know, the second thing I reacted to was the the police officers, and I guess this is on the west side of the Capitol, were basically uh, escorting people, not escorting them, they were waving them in, uh, or at least, you know, indicating that there's no resistance to their entry. Uh, It was a peculiar moment to see uh as it happened and but you've got all of that video joe the video has to be worth something in a in in a court even
0: in dc yes it it does it does have to be uh have to be worth something and um what it's worth i guess we're going to find out a lot of people seem to think that oh just because you're having uh the case heard in dc that's a foregone conclusion that you're going to lose at trial, and look in my cases where there's police brutality, where there are men acting in defense of themselves and in defense of other people who are being beaten up by the police. You know, I, I had a we had a big argument the other day on, on, the, on this list serve that all the lawyers are on it. You know, you have a small group of sort of America first minded lawyers and then a bunch of rabid liberals on there, and I was going back and forth with them. And I said, listen, I'm not really that concerned with trying my case in front of a bunch of uh, African American and all Latino jurors who are well uh, understood, well equipped, well acquainted with the fact that that the government in this country can be unfair. That the government in this country, that officers can show up to your community, throw somebody a beating, and then when somebody else steps in and says, hey, don't beat my cousin, they beat them too, and everybody goes to jail. That's par for the course when you come from these communities. What I'm concerned with is your, you know, uh, liberal import or, or implant from uh You know, California or Wisconsin or whatever it is, those people who do not respect this Constitution, those people who actually do not love our country, those people who are incapable of putting aside their own political ideologies in favor of justice. And when you come from a, a whether you know whether you're a minority in this country or whether you're you're, you're a non-minority who's who, who's experienced a fair amount of suffering in life, when you come from a point where you've suffered in this world, no matter what, you don't want to be the author of somebody else's pain. And so when you're in court and the facts are laid before you, you're not going to want to send somebody to jail simply because you disagree with their politics. Good people and people who have suffered don't do that. It's the other people, the people who don't know suffering, the people who don't love this country, the people who can't put away their politics who are the true danger to justice in that courtroom. Wow. And, and and
1: as you put it, the community there, uh, is, if you will, the the check on the power of the judges themselves and the prosecutors themselves, as you express it, and and you're comfortable
0: with that uh, that perspective? Yes, uh, I'm I'm comfortable with this with the perspective of of, of good people, who when you put, uh, uh, I, I I say it again, especially minorities. You know, I'd mm-hmm. rather tra- I'd rather try a case. About involving police brutality in front of an African American jury any day than I would a bunch of liberal, white liberals from California, um, because one group has experience with this and the other group doesn't. Yeah, well, that makes all the sense in the world. And
1: so, how many people are still in jail, would you say, Joe?
0: uh, I I think the number's going up a little bit. I know there was another, there was another, uh, there was another series of, of, of raids and arrests this, this past uh, few days that just happened. I got a bunch of calls from people saying the FBI is kicking in my front door. And I think actually the last time I spoke to you was the same thing. So there's still there's still right. arresting people. I want to say there is approximately 80, 80, 85 people who are in right now. That's amazing. And most of them have been
1: there Uh it sounds like most uh, most of them have been there from the from early days in this uh, prosecution of those arrested.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have been there early on. I mean, Ryan Nichols has been there since uh, January the 18th. And Christopher Quaglin has been there since April 7th of 2021. Apparently, there are waves of these raids
1: that take place across the country. Uh, and, uh, tell us about Chris. I, I know that, uh, Chris Quaglin, uh, has got, uh, medical issues. Uh, he's got other issues. You filed a petition for habeas corpus. Tell us about his case and, and what you're doing for him. Sure. So
0: Christopher Quaglin, um, has, he's a guy from New Jersey, your all American guy who will do anything for his neighbor, anything for his friend no criminal record or prior history of violence before the 6th of January. He has, uh, he was diagnosed with celiac disease at 10 years old. He's got a severe case of it. And for those who don't know what celiac disease is, it's, its I'm, not, I'm no doctor, so I'm sure there's people out there listening who are far better to explain this than me, but he has an, uh, an allergy, a serious allergy to wheat and gluten. And in his case, if he ingested um, it gives him a host of different types of, uh, of, uh, manifestations of problems, whether it's bleeding through his rectum, throwing up, losing oh weight, God. uh, in, at some point your, your, your white blood cells or, or parts of your body begin to attack other parts of your body, especially in your digestive tract. Um, and it can, it can lead to you being emaciated, extremely weak. It's an, it's a. It's an autoimmune disease. So uh, the more it affects you, the more it makes you susceptible to other things. Uh, it shoots your level, your, your, your susceptibility to, to getting cancer and other things goes through the roof. Um, it's excruciatingly painful um, for, for those who, who live with it. Uh, unchecked, normally people who have uh, celiac disease they just live on a non-gluten, on a gluten-free diet, no gluten, and they're okay for most of the time. Sometimes things can get cross-contaminated and they get sick. In Christopher's case, the jails have been on uh, on alert, and he's he's been marked as, as as a celiac person since the moment he's shown up. Uh, but for whatever reason, they have not. Uh, for if, what first started as negligence. And then us complaining about it and say, hey, you guys are being negligent here, and his care has progressed into outright torture. He's been a marked as somebody who's a, a, a complainer and a whiner, but the guy's not a complainer and a whiner. He's somebody who's living in a perpetual state of, of pain. He's been living in pain for the past year. At this very moment, he's locked up in solitary confinement in Northern Neck Regional Jail in Warsaw, Virginia. He's got eight stitches in the side of his face. He's down 40 pounds. Um, He hasn't been fed a non-celiac, he hasn't been fed a celiac safe diet ever. He's got grave risk of dying and or having serious complications from his condition. And because of that, uh, we filed a a motion uh, for habeas corpus, um, asking the court to produce his body, to take a look at him and to release him from pretrial detention because he's being detained uh, illegally. And we we allege five claims. And the first claim that we uh, allege is deliberate indifference to his medical condition. And if you can prove it deliberate indifference, mean that the, the jail doesn't care about his condition, and not only did they not care, they're making it worse, that he should be able to get out. So that's one of the five claims that we're alleging. Um, it's a really strong claim. We have overwhelming evidence of guilt. Um, inside the body of the motion, if anybody wants to see the motion, they can just go to my Twitter feed. It's McBride Law NYC. I can share it with you guys as well. But I, I posted it there. Inside of the body of the motion are multiple exchanges in be- between myself and Ted Hull. Ted Hull is the superintendent or the warden of that jail, where he straight up tells me, uh, "We really, you know, your client's going to get what he's going to get, and that's going to be the end of it. And if you don't like it," you know, sue me. And I basically tell him at the end, I'm going to sue you. And now we're doing it. Well, good. Uh, and by the way, shouldn't you be? Uh, this is all under the Federal Bureau of Prisons, is it not? Yeah, it's, yeah it, technically it is. So uh, Merrick Garland is, is named uh, in the suit. And then Ted Hull is named as well. Merrick Garland being the guy who's obviously in charge of the Department of Justice. U.S. Marshals, so on and so forth, are under him, and then Ted Hull being his immediate custodian. The way it works with some of these other jails is this is a hybrid jail. This is not like a pure Bureau of Prisons place where it's just federal guys. Uh, This is a hybrid place where there are state people and there are federal people being held. The problem with that is there should be a section of the jail where detainees exclusively are held because you're not allowed to subject detainees to the conditions that convicted inmates are. But did they do that there? No, they don't. And to, to, to add insult to injury, because we've been outspoken about Christopher's condition and about his mistreatment, they put him routinely in the most violent places inside of that prison. And because of that, that's why he's got eight stitches inside of his face because he was assaulted by a leader in an international gang who beat the daylights out of him and then they put him in solitary confinement because of it. They put Chris in solitary confinement. And then this, when Chris... this in an American prison. Oh, Lou, yes, yes, in an American prison. I well, know. You know going on here, I'm rambling about it. I'm no, sorry. you're not at all. You're not at all. You're telling a, an important story,
1: and we are deeply appreciative. I, I just have to say, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a conservative. Uh, I'm a Republican. I, and I am pro-law and order, pro-police and law enforcement. But I'm also pro-citizen, Constitution, and the rights of every individual in this country. And I am outraged just to to think about what is happening to a, a citizen of this country who I just cannot understand why you don't sue the 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 Dickens out of every one of those people and, and, and the Bureau of Prisons. I, I want the, isn't there some relief you can get?
0: Oh yeah. So first we're starting with the, with the habeas relief because we're trying to get him the hell out of there. And we don't want to complicate it with, uh, with a civil suit a 1983 suit or, or a uh, federal torts claim act suit against, against the uh, the jail and in in the members who are hurting him. But yes, the answer is yes, we can sue them civilly for damages. We certainly will. But our first uh, overarching concern is is to get him out of there. And and that's why, you know, uh, we drilled down so hard on this. They're not allowed to to punish people who are who are pretrial detainees. You can only punish somebody who's been convicted of a crime. So you're only merely allowed to hold a pretrial detainee. This is beyond punishment. This is cruel and unusual punishment. It's deliberate indifference to his medical condition. It's prolonged solitary confinement that violates the Fifth and Eighth Amendments. And on top of that, guess what, Lou? Despite the fact that I've dropped his discovery off, I, I dropped his discovery off to him early last year. He's never seen the discovery in his case. He's never seen once for a minute, seen the evidence against, against him. And that's got nothing to do with me. I go through the process. I bring it to the respective, uh, uh, you know, jails. And I say, here's this discovery. Let him see it. They've never let him see it. It's inexcusable. Not only that they have developed two new systems now called evidence.com and and, and, uh, uh, the, the, the relativity those are on the tablets. These tablets are routinely given to the pretrial detainees so they can go over so they can go over their discovery. One's never been given to Christopher either. So there are multiple avenues of approach to get him his discovery. They've never once done that either because they want to punish and intimidate him and make him feel hopeless. And uh, this is another reason why we're trying to get him out.
1: Do you have the names of everyone involved in his mistreatment?
0: The we guards, have- the wardens, the whomever that's a that's a great question so the way that it works is i, I don't want to give it all away here but um, right, i understand lots of people will, will will reach out to me or they'll send me an email or they'll send me a, a snail mail or they will call me on the phone you want me think that he could just get on the phone and say hey such and such guard did this to me and such and such guard did that to me every time he does that they throw him back in the hole Because you know why? They're listening to his attorney-client privilege calls.
1: That's outrageous. I mean, it's just, I mean, my blood is boiling as you're saying this, and I'm sure everyone else's is as well, to think that this is going on. Uh, Where is this jail again? Warsaw, Virginia. It's central Virginia. You would think that anyone listening to us who is a federal authority, a U.S. attorney, uh, a judge would demand that this be investigated immediately, uh, not wait to, for legal service and process and uh, complaints or filing a habeas corpus. There should be someone with the decency to get involved and, and 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 get this fixed. Can you go to the governor of Virginia, Young, and say, Governor, I need help here for my client. Is there? This is outrageous. I, I just can't believe that there aren't enough decent people in Virginia uh, in office and who have authority and power there who would intervene
0: on behalf of your client. You know, it's a, it's a good it's a good idea. We, we have been making some inroads with people. I think a big part of it is that um, people don't believe what I'm saying. They think it's uh, hyperbolic that I'm, that I'm exaggerating, that I'm just you know I'm, I'm doing a good job for my clients by making something that seems you know from turning a, a molehill into a mountain, so to speak. People have a hard time accepting the fact that um, what is happening is indeed happening in, in, in our jails. It, it's it's something that is that has been happening for a long time. I mean, to be fair. The the black and Latino community has been saying for a very long time in this country, hey, you know, without getting a fair shake in jail, it's pretty messed up in there. And I think most people just didn't believe. But now that people's eyes are beginning to be opened, um, they're not only realizing that this is happening now, they're also realizing that it's been happening for a long time. And in that vein, um, I have been working with members in Congress, in particular, Louis Gohmert's office, who what a stand of a guy he is. He's just just Louis Gohmert is a great American. He is a great American. And what we are working on is a bill to ban the use of solitary confinement at the national level for us to say that, look, the international community already prolonged solitary confinement, is recognized as torture by the international community at solitary confinement for more than 15 days. Torture. Um, It also, uh, the HALT Act in New York State bans prolonged solitary confinement and both international law and the Halt Act say if you got a, if you have a serious medical condition, if you have a serious psychiatric condition, if you're pregnant, if you're over fifty-five, if you're under twenty-one, and a couple other reasons, you should not be in solitary for over for for, for any period of time, not even a day. So we are trying uh, to proffer legislation at the federal level to ban solitary confinement across the board. Will it help? January 6th detainees, of course, but who's gonna help more? It's gonna help more of the black and Latino community who are um, overpopulated in solitary confinement in America's prisons right now. So it is our hope that people from across the aisle will want to work on this bipartisan issue that's going to help members of their constituency as well as members of Mr. Gomertz, so on and so forth. And we seem to be gaining some, some traction um, already, and it'll be interesting to see if out of this great evil, um, something good can ultimately come from it. And your client is where right now? Uh, Christopher Quaglin is in Northern Neck Regional Jail. That's in Warsaw, Virginia. And Ryan Nichols is in uh, D.C. jail, uh, a CTF section of, of D.C. jail. And is he also in solitary confinement? Ryan's actually in solitary confinement at this very moment. Uh, I believe that uh, Ryan is being retaliated against because of me, unfortunately. Um, I uh, had the opportunity to actually speak with him earlier today. Ryan is a uh, decorated military veteran, uh, honorably discharged from the Marine Corps, uh, was famous for making Ellen DeGeneres' show for, for his nonprofit, not Rescue the Universe, where he rescues, uh, you know, people who are stranded from natural disasters and animals as well. No prior history of violence. He has documented PTSD. Um, He's got PTSD, his PTSD has been treated for for many years now, I think since maybe 2012 or 14. And the fact that they're putting him in solitary confinement for no reason whatsoever um, is not only shocking, it's torture because if you have a pre-existing medical condition such as PTSD, you should never be put in solitary confinement. The suicide rate for veterans with PTSD is already very high. You're asking this guy to kill himself when you put him in solitary confinement for weeks at a time. It's wrong.
1: What did Mr. Hull say when you brought these concerns to him?
0: Mr. Hull, um does not care at all. Um, I have had, uh, it's, it's it, you got to just, it's right there laid out in the motion. It's crazy. I've literally had conversations with him and says, hey, I'm telling you, you you repeatedly refer to Christopher Quaglin as an inmate. He is not an inmate; he's a pretrial detainee, and, and and as such, you cannot punish him. He will literally write back in bold: "Inmate Quaglin is going to get what's coming to him." I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he actually says, "Inmate Craglin," and he's saying that we are punishing him in accordance with how we punish all inmates, and he 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 either is refusing or is purposely making fun of me. But what he is saying in that letter is I am refusing as the warden of, the, of this jail to recognize the nuance, to recognize the distinction between the pretrial detainee and a convicted person. I'm going to treat him as if he is convicted and I'm going to do it because you can't do anything about it, Joe McBride. Well, guess what? We just did something about it in his emails and his writings and all the things that he has said, um, gonna he's going to have to be held accountable for that in court. So it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, the judge has to say about about his actions. Have you talked to the Marine
1: Corps Association about uh, doing something uh, for, uh, not just the Marine Corps, because he is a former Marine, uh, the Marine Association, any of the veterans groups, American Legion, whatever, to bring to bear the treatment of these veterans? I mean, we watched, we watched President Trump clean up the VA uh, and and do his level best. And he got a lot done, but we know there are still great problems and to abandon our veterans, uh, whatever he did, he still is entitled to his, I'm saying this to you, of course, Joe, you're fighting for his rights every day, but I can't imagine that there aren't organizations and associations who will say to the Bureau of prisons and to the justice department, what are you doing to American citizens? It's outrageous. It is. And I mean, I'm saying this. I I don't know whether he's guilty or innocent. I don't know what will be found. But I do know he's an American citizen. What difference does anything else make? He has to be treated with respect, with his rights. You know, nobody has to, uh, you know, genuflect anything. I'm not suggesting that or coddle him. But the fact is... You're talking about basic decency here, let alone fundamental American rights.
0: That that is right, Lou. Um, you're very you know, you're very correct in everything you're saying with regard to the veterans. Uh, you know, uh, At Ease is a, At Ease Veterans Magazine. Just they did a recent publication uh, that they fe- featured uh, my work and some other January 6 lawyers' work. About four, they gave us about four pages in the magazine. Soldier of Fortune and, and 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 a bunch of others have have covered my work. Um, I, I I just think that there is a uh, there's a sense of fear um, in the community for anybody who works for the government or is associated with the government that if you step out and speak out against this, that they're gonna that they're gonna come for you too. And you know we'll circle back to what you said in the beginning of the of this talk today that there was a guy you spoke to another lawyer and he, his guy was out the FBI. Interviewed him, he complied, and then all of a right. sudden he came and they sent him to trot because they will come for you if you speak out, right? So yeah. this is the kind of the scapo tactics that they're using to 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 chill free speech and to accomplish their, their very divisive goals of making sure that if you are a uh right-leaning uh Republican, especially a Christian Republican, that they're gonna shut you down right. and lock you up. Well, I, to be honest
1: with you, I, I, I know that we've been, you know, my wife and I've been, uh, you know, surveilled uh, or wiretapped, whatever you want to call it. We know that, there, you know, that the federal government has been, uh, we, uh, I should be more specific, the State Department has asked for us to be monitored, for crying out loud. Uh, but you, you, you can't live in fear. And if we've reached the point where we have to fear this government... We're gonna to have to have a new government. This is just outrageous. I, I cannot comprehend why uh, how we got here. Uh, I, I I don't I, I don't know. The only person killed on January 6th was one of the protesters. And and she you know it's one of the ugliest things I've ever witnessed. We all saw it, as they say, live and in, in, in living color on television. Watching this woman be shot dead, and nothing happened. There was no due process. Her rights were just totally ignored. Uh, And we've reached a point of such political corruption. This you can rationalize this, you can analyze it, you can. It's just brutal, and 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 it was straight up murder. She was unarmed, and. The police officer is dismissed uh, you know, to the background. They wouldn't even give his name for, what, four or five months. And they're doing this to people who are charged with being in the wrong place effectively at the wrong time.
0: Your thoughts? Uh, I I agree with everything you said, Lou. And, you know, the fact that um, when, you, when you look at the Declaration of Independence and, and you read it, and you read the Constitution, and, and, you, and you think about why it was written and who it was written by, you know, by men uh, who lived during times like these, who wrote it for times like these. And when you think about the fact that the mere attempt to actually meaningfully exercise these rights in the world that we live in today can get you canceled, spied on, thrown in jail, and potentially killed, it it, it really, really makes you ask the question of, you know, whose country are we living in anymore? And, and I just don't, I just don't know anymore. The America that I, I was born into, the America that you were born into, uh, I don't want to say she doesn't exist anymore, but it, it almost feels like that she's in solitary confinement. And unless something happens in, in our political leadership and, in, and unless something else happens in our faith-based communities, i am terribly worried um what 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 the next few years may entail and i'm just not sure if if we can survive this when we're talking about people like you and your wife being surveilled when we're talking about men with no criminal records being held and tortured in jail simply for their politics and their political beliefs when you're talking about the absolute and outright selling out of our country to to communist China, and the provoking of wars in other parts of the world that we have no business being in, you really have to say, what the hell is happening? And it's ha- and, you know all these things have happened before, but they've never happened all at once, and it's all happening at once right now. And you know I do believe in my heart that America was created by God, that like you know Israel and and you know it was set apart by God as a special as a special place, and I just don't I just in my heart I don't believe that that, that God will for, for for will forsake us but I'm damn worried about it I got to tell you the truth
1: yeah I, I think that I think most of us Joe I think most of us are in the same place uh, with the same uh, uh, frankly heart-wrenching uh, fears for our country and for our 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 fellow citizens because what we're witnessing on the part of uh, and this is not partisanship. It's just straightforward fact. What we're witnessing on the part of the Democratic Party is anathema to everything this country stands for. Uh, and these this should be a bipartisan issue, but there's no such thing as bipartisan because the left is behind this evil that is taking place right now. They are demanding, uh, that it be treated, uh that it, that something you're talking about, um, something from a molehill. They're talking about calling all of this an insurrection. Not a single gun, as far as I know, has been found on uh, anyone at, uh, with the purpose of, uh, you know, taking charge of the, uh, the capital or to change of government as a result of their protests. I, I mean, it's really outrageous and ignorant and, the national media is is no recourse for you or for your clients, because they're all they're crooked and corrupt uh, and, and fully uh, aligned with the Marxist left that is the Democratic Party, aren't they? Yeah,
0: of course they are. Of course they are. They they that the the media is uh, very much aligned with them and very much unaligned with our Constitution. And they um, it's just it's just not right. There needs to be different journalistic standards. There needs to people talk about misinformation. The people who are who are indoctrinating everybody with with misinformation are are, are the ones who are most guilty of it. And they're trying to suppress and and steal our God given right to, to 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 freely express our objections to it. Everything is upside down. And, uh, you know, it, it, everything needs to find its way right side up. And, Lou, I, I don't know how we get there.
1: The trials that are taking place uh, of these, uh, of those charged, those trials uh, began. Uh, where do we stand on those trials? And what are your thoughts about how they've been prosecuted and defended to this point?
0: I mean, the trials are, are are just really still in their beginning stages. Uh, most of the trials have uh, ended in, in guilty verdicts, which is uh, unfortunate. I do think some of the more difficult ones uh, are still yet to come. I also think that those who go first in these cases, they're kind of uh, test tube babies, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right right term, but they're 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 the test cases, the the literal test cases for for sure. I think that um, as we get closer to the midterms that the politics uh, might will, will the politics have to change. Um, I know at least for those who are running in conservative districts or, or Republican districts or, or districts that are swing swing districts that uh, January 6th and, and election integrity are the, are the two big issues. So I think because, of uh, the fact that, that constituents and people are fed up with with the way these people are being treated, is going to have an effect on the judicial system because, unfortunately, that's just the way the judicial system works at this point. Public pressure, even though it shouldn't make a difference, does make a difference. I know in our cases that we're going to fight uh, like we've never fought before. That uh, you know some some of our facts were letting out into the universe. Other things, we're playing a little bit tighter to the best. We're trying to be as strategic as possible to make sure that each one of our clients get their fair day in court. Um, In terms of misdemeanor cases versus felonies, look, uh, my guys who have been in jail have already done the time on the misdemeanors. So I have no problem going into a courtroom and conceding misdemeanors to give the jury something to hang its hat on just so we just for the sheer fact that we can beat these overcharged uh, felonies. I won't be able to say in Ryan Nichols case that he didn't go into the Capitol. He did go into the Capitol, but did he go into the Capitol and commit a felony? No, he did not. So that would make his entrance into the Capitol a misdemeanor. If you want to convict him on that, go right ahead. We'll call it a day. But does he belong in jail for 20 years? Absolutely not. It's my hope that uh, a jury of fair-minded and rational people will be able to see that exactly for what it is and, and put cases like his to bed uh, sooner than later.
1: And he's he's in jail for already a year. That's right.
0: Uh, at this moment.
1: Astounding. Uh, I, I would say to Chief Justice Roberts, if uh, you happen to be listening, what is your court system doing and why aren't you making it what it should be something that americans can be proud of instead of ashamed of uh it's it's just disgusting what has happened joe mcbride you're a great american uh you're doing the lord's work you know that and uh you're doing it uh with uh an inner strength that uh, not many of us have uh and i know how much of a test this must be for you every day as well as, of course, your clients uh, who have suffered injustice for a very long time. Uh, I hope you find them justice and freedom soon. Uh, and I hope uh, everyone who's been arrested in this—the protesters, the demonstrators—who uh, now stand charged uh, for being uh, uh, at the Capitol and in the capital—I uh, I, just—it's just a sad sad moment in American history. And we need to end the sadness and make make right the wrongs that have been committed. In this case, more wrongs by our government than by these charged defendants, in my opinion. Uh, Joe McBride, thank you so much your website again, for those who want to help and uh, learn more about uh, the the tests that uh, uh, these people are and contending with sure it's uh, mcbridelawnyc.com mcbridelawnyc.com joe mcbride thanks so much for being with us god bless you
0: god bless you too lou
1: thank you god bless you joe this country this country is in a terrible state and we have to right this ship make right the wrongs of our government because corruption is rampant in that federal government And it is, make no mistake, ruinous and destructive of the spirit of our nation and our great people. Thank you, everybody, for being with us today. Tomorrow, we'll continue our look at what is happening to the January 6th defendants, the police who bear great responsibility for that day, and the January 6th committee itself, and the radical Dems who persecute these fellow Americans. American Greatness reporter Julie Kelly will be with us tomorrow. Please join us. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America show advisory and newsletter. Simply go to Ludobs.com, that's loudobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts as well as our weekly newsletter. I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's ludabs.com. Thanks. God bless you, and God bless America.